We all have bucket lists. As a lifelong sports fan, mine is full of tons of different sporting events and venues, from the NBA, NFL, Olympics, and beyond. However, my greatest bucket list item is something I want to share with the world and fans like me. What if you could attend a home college football game for all 130 and counting FBS programs? Seems crazy, right? Join me, your host, Bobby Wilson, as I take you along for the ride to see all the FBS venues and more. This is the TNT College Football Podcast. Hello, everyone. Bobby Wilson here from the TNT College Football Podcast. Hope everybody's doing well. Uh, If you're listening to this, you're listening to my next installment in my program-by-program breakdown uh, for all 103 FBS college football programs. Next on the list is going to be the uh, Memphis Tigers, who uh, last year finished seven and six, three and five in the AAC. Um, quick look at the Tigers' uh, upcoming schedule for 2023. They open up the season against Bethune Cookman, then they go to Arkansas State, and then their other non-conference games, uh, sandwiched between playing Navy on a Thursday night will be Missouri in St. Louis and then Boise State coming to Memphis. So uh, just a couple challenges, obviously, on that schedule for the non-conference slate. Um, going to Arkansas State's winnable, but uh, nonetheless, going on the road. Uh, then you're going to play Missouri in a uh, neutral site in St. Louis. Then, of course, Boise State, you know what you're going to get from them, one of the uh, premier uh, G5 programs in the country. Then you look at the conference slate. Like I said, they, they play an earlier uh, conference game on a Thursday night against Navy. Then they host Tulane. They go to UA, UAB, to North Texas, host USF, go to Charlotte, host SMU, and go to Temple. Uh, schedule sets up uh, fair, fairly well from that standpoint. Um, but looking at the schedule, in my opinion, uh, there's a three-game stretch um, where – uh, getting Missouri, Boise State, and Tulane back-to-back-to-back uh, to back to back, uh, with a bye week between the Boise State and Tulane game. But looking at uh, those program schedules, Missouri uh, the week before is playing Kansas State, so they're playing a <clears throat> a tougher competition, Big 12 competition, um, going into that game. So uh, coming off of a tough game there. And then Boise State uh, the week before – they play Memphis, is playing on the road at San Diego State. <clears throat> so a very tough non-conference game for them as well. Uh, <clears throat> so both of those games, each team coming off of a tough tough opponent. <clears throat> um, and in Memphis's case, before they play Missouri, they play on a Thursday night, then they don't play again until the next Saturday. So they get a bit of a break there. Um, so looking at that, that's a little interesting. Then you got Tulane. Uh, they play Tulane coming off a of bye week, and Tulane is also off a of bye so a little interesting there. Um, that Tulane game is also midweek uh, Thursday game. So uh, another interesting uh, – actually, it's a Friday. But uh, interesting uh, looking at the schedule breakdown there. <clears throat> one, of the <clears throat> one of the new things I'm doing for uh, each program this year, uh, looking a little bit into each program stadium. Memphis, of course, plays at Liberty, the Liberty Bowl, Liberty Bowl Memorial Stadium which seats just over 58,000. One of the better venues uh, from the G5 perspective in the country obviously hosts the Liberty Bowl, a major bowl game. Um, And Memphis is putting uh, some 
big time renovations into uh, into it. A hundred fifty to two hundred million dollar uh, investment <clears throat> into a renovation of the uh, uh, football complex there. Uh, this should be complete before the 2025 season. Uh, looking at, uh, it, it's going to look interesting. That's for sure. If you, if you can Google it, go on Twitter and look at it. it it's definitely going to be appealing to the eye. Um, a lot of the new seating options are for boxes, party decks, patios, the like. A lot of uh, a lot of stadiums are going to that to be fan friendly in that sense. Just tra- transforming different sa- stadium seating into premier seating and the like. That that's happening at a lot of stadiums. I know Wisconsin just completed a phase of themselves for that. So um, a lot of money being spent on that, but it it, it looks tremendous. So I would de- I would highly recommend <clears throat> looking that up, looking into it. It's a it's going to be a beautiful thing. Then another uh, new thing that I'm implementing this year: uh, a coach on the rise for each program. Uh, for Memphis, I am uh, going to talk to you a little bit about Charles Clark. He is uh, the assistant head coach and defensive backs coach. Um, he's entering his fourth season at Memphis, and he was a name, named the assistant head coach in January of 2021 after joining the staff in January of 2020. So uh, anytime you get that, uh, get that bump, it's uh, pretty impressive, but... Uh, Coach Clark, a little bit about him. As out, he went went to and played at Ole Miss. had a had a great career at Ole Miss. Um, played appeared in forty seven games with thirty four consecutive starts. Almost had two hundred tackles in his career. Um, then after his playing career, went right into coaching. Um, went uh, joined the staff at Duke um, as a <clears throat> as a different. Uh, GAs or an intern um, helping out on special teams and defense. And uh, after he uh, completed that graduate work at Duke, went right into it at San Jose at San yes San Jose State for a couple years. Served as the defensive back coach. Uh, following that, a uh, couple years there, goes to Colorado is at Colorado for a handful of years as the safety coach and then cornerbacks coach. Then jumps to Oregon for a year. Then to uh, his alma mater at Ole Miss for a year as well and then since then been at Memphis um, like like I said before coaching a lot of the defensive backs safeties corners um, and the like um, but recently getting that assistant head coach role um, bump in that and, and that namesake means it means something for sure uh, but this is a younger coach um uh, who has risen through the ranks pretty well, going to uh, a handful of power conference programs. And I think it's only a matter of time before Coach Clark gets the call to be a defensive coordinator and then moving up even more. Um, so that that would be my coach on the rise for the Memphis Tigers. Looking at uh, their, their head coach, Ryan Silverfield, at Memphis, um, Coming in uh, a couple years ago, um, of course, had had, uh, had some. He's been at Memphis for for a little while. Became the head coach in 2019. Served as a run game coordinator, deputy head coach, assistant head coach for for a while. So <clears throat> he's been a part of the staff for 
for some time, has a lot of NFL coaching experience and, and uh, somebody who's been there and done that um, for, in the in the profession. Ever since he's uh, taken the helm, he's gone to four straight um, bowl games. The only thing missing is uh, conference conference championship, and I know that's something that uh, Memphis Tiger fans are really really uh, looking forward to. And in the new look AAC, it is very possible, especially with what the Memphis Tigers have back this year. Um, looking at my breakdown, uh, for those of you who don't know, I go position by position. I'm looking on offense. Quarterback Seth Hennigan is one of the most underrated quarterbacks nationally. I, I'm a big fan of his. Uh, I think he's a fantastic quarterback that just doesn't get enough of attention nationally. He has thrown for nearly 6,900 yards in his two seasons and nearly a 3-to-1 TD-to-interception ratio during that time frame, starting as a freshman and sophomore. So extremely impressive uh, numbers there uh, for that young man. And I expect another big year from the junior as, as he has NFL scouts on, uh, on, on the radar. Uh, NFL scouts know who he is. He's a fantastic quarterback. Um, if he has a great year this year, the potential is there for him to possibly move on. After this year, if he comes back to Memphis for his uh, senior year, he would have the opportunity to become the all-time leading passer in Memphis history. With some of the quarterbacks that have been there, especially over the past decade plus, uh, that's saying something with how many yards that they've passed for. Um, so, again, I'm a big fan of Seth Hennigan. I, I think he's a fantastic football player. Uh, the running back room has a handful of talented backs, and uh, Javon Ducker, uh, NIU transfer last year, was the leading rusher last season and uh, Brandon Thomas and Sutton Smith both return then you have the addition of uh, Blake Watson from Old Dominion has has fans really buzzing <clears throat> he ran for nearly a thousand yards last season at Old Dominion should in my opinion he's going to step in and take that starting job and run with it no pun intended then there's a uh, Katarivion Hargrave from Mississippi State transferring in he's also going to be in the mix <clears throat> so you got Five solid backs there who can really do some things here uh, moving forward. The receiving core <clears throat> has had issues with drop had issues with drops last season. Um, you got the additions of Damar Blank Moose Blank Moose from Toledo, who is who had an electric spring, I might add, and uh, Toski Dove uh, Dove from Missouri. Those both those additions are huge, and then they, you have. Uh, Rock Taylor and Joseph Skates returning uh, with another year of experience. I expect both of those guys to really make a jump. But the two transfers are huge additions for this offense. Um, Blank Musi uh, was, <clears throat> like I said, was tremendous in the spring and provides Hennigan a deep threat that he hasn't necessarily had. And uh, and Dove is a really good receiver too, coming from Missouri. And I'm always intrigued by uh, players that are added to teams that you're going to play in the next year, uh, like Memphis is playing Missouri and St. Louis this year. So I'm really intrigued to see how that looks moving forward. Then looking at the offensive line, this could be the best offensive line in Mem at Memphis in quite some time. Uh, center Jacob Likes, left guard Jonah Gambill, and uh, right guard Davion Carter all return and then the additions of Marcus Henderson from Arkansas 
and Xavier Hill from LSU are big. And then uh, Terrence McLean could be a force at right tackle. Um, somebody stepping in. Uh, I, I think Memphis has, has, I don't want to say struggled over the past couple of years, but the offensive line hasn't been one of the strong suits. Uh, and I really think that this offensive line is going to be one of the better offensive lines in the AAC, especially when you have a valuable quarterback there, back there that you need to protect and uh, a much improved running game as well. Uh, looking at the defense, Memphis will be tougher up front this year. Defensive ends Jalen Allen and uh, Cormonte Hamilton both return. Uh, they combined for nine and a half sacks last season. Then you have the additions of Josh Ellison from Oklahoma, or Darius Jones from Texas A&M, and Derek Hunter from the JUCO ranks are all huge inside. Um, all, all three of those guys give some big time help at the defensive tackle position. And then you got Jalen Joyner coming in from FAU. He will help on the outside uh, with Allen and Hamilton, like I mentioned before. Uh, the linebacker corps returns uh, Jeffrey Cantlin, Arku, who had 76 tackles last year, and then Sincere Evans. Then you look at the additions of Chandler Martin from East Tennessee State and uh, Chetavius Johnson from the JUCO ranks will help. Um, Johnson Highly ranked linebacker come from the JUCO ranks. Um, but depth could still be a concern at the linebacker position. Uh, those four guys I mentioned are talented players, but after that, there's a lot of inexperience. Uh, then the secondary returns, cornerback Davion Ross and safety uh, Greg Rubin. Uh, the additions of uh, safeties Tyron Taylor from Colorado, Simeon Blair from Arkansas, and Cameron Miller from Tennessee are, are huge additions and then uh, at the cornerback position, they add uh, Malik Feaster from Florida State. He should be able to step right in as well and not only contribute, but potentially get one of those, get the other starting spot. And then looking at special teams, this unit must get better on coverage to help control field position. That was an issue last year for sure. And then the additions of kicker Seth Morgan from Sam Houston State and punter Reed Bauer from Arkansas, Phil Holes. Uh, that were needed to be filled after the departure of both players at the positions prior. Um, then looking at my final analysis for, Nem for Memphis, the time seems right, in my opinion, for Memphis to make the jump in the AAC. You have a fantastic quarterback um, who I feel can really take this team to the next level, an offense that should be well-rounded, deep threat at wide receiver, good offensive line, five different running backs who can really do some things and an improved defense in my opinion uh, that will allow them to make the jump uh, with departures within the league they they must take advantage of it or uh, seats mar might start heating up and what i mean by that is uh, obviously coaching seats <clears throat> i really like the pieces in memphis though i really like the pieces they have in place and i think that this is a team that can legitimately <clears throat> make make some noise in the AAC um, with with the new additions. Um, obviously, UTSA and Tulane, they're getting a ton of buzz. SMU is getting buzz. Um, at, and all of them are rightfully deserving of it. But I, I really think this Memphis team can win eight, nine-plus games. I think looking at their schedule, things set up well. Um, if they, I, I feel like they can steal a game between Missouri and Boise State and even Tulane getting them at home. I, I think things really set up well for this football team uh, to make some noise. 
And unfortunately, if they don't, <clears throat> I think, uh, like I said, seats are going to get hot, start heating up, because I know this fan base expects a lot from this football program. And uh, I think, but in my personal opinion, they have a team that they should be really, really looking forward to watching this year. So uh, again, thank you so much for tuning in to this. I uh, really, really appreciate it. Uh, continue to listen uh, throughout the summer here as I continue breakdowns every day on each FBS program in college football. Please like and subscribe wherever you're listening. Follow the podcast Twitter account at TNT College Foot One. Thank you again. Have a good day. God bless.